Oh, snap! The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business, and we're friends like my friend, Dr. Andy. Doesn't let friends feed kibble nut, do we, Dr. Andy? No, we do not. Good morning, Dee Dee. Good Monday morning to you. Is it going to be a good week there in paradise? In my paradise hills? Absolutely. Well, of course, because, you know, you bring health to pets. No matter what you do, you can't help but bring health to pets when you're adjusting them. Exactly. Just keep up the good fight. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I really do believe, Dr. Andy, that what you need to do is do a little mind adjustment on the pet parents as <laughs> well. Right? So let's just, you know, we'll have a little section you just uh, draw a line down down your office, and, and on this side, we call it the mind adjustment in the spine adjustment. There we go. It right? Just that easy. It's just not that easy, though, no. is it? No. What, what do you think it is about us human beings that we just don't want to uh, let go of said beliefs that we have? So we won't fit in. If our said beliefs are what our family believes, our friends believes, and we wouldn't fit in. I know, but ha- I mean, do we really think we fit in anyway? I mean, come on. I mean, we how don't. many people? How many like, people are we trying to fit in with? I mean, seriously. Exactly. It, it's really the mind is a very interesting place now, isn't it? Mm. It is. It is hard. It is hard to. Um, change what we believe about things really, really hard. And I will say um, pharmaceuticals is as a huge one, right? Given a situation where our pets are in distress, right? We may have been more holistic, but as soon as they go into distress, we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Just shoot them up, do whatever you need to do. Do whatever, right? The the stress and the panic kick in and you throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's amazing. And it's really hard when you are in those institutions, vet clinics, um, and you are getting all this energy projected at you that if you don't do X, Y, Z, you are a bad pet parent. It's really, really hard. Um, I, I and- want, what would you say? What would you say, Dr. Andy, if you were in, let's just, you know, pretend that you were in a vet clinic and yeah, they pretend, <laughs> right. And they were giving you attitude, giving you attitude. There is a way to stop people from having an attitude with you. Why don't you just say, why are you having an attitude? With you? <laughs> That's their regular disposition, right? Yeah. I mean, do we just really allow people to uh, bully us? A lot of pet parents do, and I and I hope that we can encourage them to not allow that. And we can say it very nicely, just like that. Why? What? What is the attitude? What's happening? 
Right. What, why? Absolutely. Right. But I think a lot of pet parents know their stuff. Some of them know half their stuff and they need to do some more education and really get really clear on what they will do and not do with their animals. I talk to my clients all the time. Like if X, Y, Z happens, what are you willing to do? Right. Are you willing to do $10,000 of surgery? Are you willing to do thousands of dollars and many trips for chemo? Like, what are you willing to do? Um, generally uh, not willing to do any of that. And so, you know, uh, yeah, you gotta have, your, I don't know where I was going really. On well, that. you, yeah, I think where you're going is this, you gotta know what you, what the end goal is, right. Before you get there. Um, because if, if you don't know, then all these different paths are going to confuse you. And maybe there's just one path, right? Yeah. But, you know, it's sort of like um, my neighbor who um, has a dog that they've done some tests on. They think they think there might be some cancer going on in the leg. Mm-hmm. And the dog is of age that she said, look, even if she has cancer, I'm not going to mm-hmm. do any." Uh, of the traditional stuff right and so she was saying but i think i want to go and have this test and i said but why isn't that interesting people will tell me the same thing i'm not going to do this next step but i think i need to know and get the test Mm -hmm. and that's my next why why would you even want to know that well, and what I said to her, because this this is interesting, she was doing the fresh pet and then she got on our raw on all raw and what was happening, this dog was limping. Now I will say that she, this dog is starting to lose a little bit of weight, which I've encouraged her to do. This dog's too heavy. Okay. Let's get, and she said, you know what? I'm not going to say it's the raw yet, Didi. She said, but she is doing so much better. And I said, that's awesome. And then she said, I think I will go get this test. And I said, but let me ask you why you want to get more testing that might confirm that she has cancer. Because if she has cancer and you're not going to do any of the traditional stuff, you are already doing exactly what what you would want to do. And that is clean out all the toxins, get rid of all the inflammation, get rid of all the sugar, right? Support the body as best you can. Yes. And then if you find out there is cancer, what do you do? You worry about it, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe they're so nice to tell you, oh, most dogs live so many months. And then you just fret about it and fret about it. And that's exactly what happens. What you worry about comes about. So you're almost, I think my opinion, you're almost better not knowing just right. why just enjoy your dog. And of course, you know, and it is, it's every situation is unique what's the dog been through? How old is the dog? Where, you know, all of this stuff, every situation is unique. Um, but a lot of times I'm like, why do you even want to know? And people that go ahead and find out end up usually doing the thing they said they weren't going to do. Right. They get well, bullied into it. They get talked into it. They, oh, they said, I'm like, okay. Well, and what I encourage this pet parent to do, I said, instead of going and getting a test, right? So we already know that there's certain parameters and we did a, a podcast on it that that the dog may have some issues now it may be cancer and it may not be because they could be different things what was happening was this limp um not able to walk as far now that is changing and i said before you go do a test 
that is that is only going to confirm something that you're not going to treat anyway. Why don't you go get a, your dog adjusted? Mm-hmm. Why don't you go see Dr. Andy? You know, when you can't say, well, I can't afford it because, you know, those tests are pretty darn expensive, right? Oh, yeah. So let's just go see Dr. Andy. And, and I've said um, there's so many things that you can do for a pet. You're not going to hurt them by getting adjusted. You're only going to help them by getting adjusted. Um, I, I, I would so encourage chiropractic work at that point, especially if we've got a dog that seems to be lame in some areas. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. And like you said, there's no harm in it, um, at all, at all. And then if the dog gets better, we can kind of like, all right, maybe we don't have the big ugly going on. We had musculoskeletal stuff going on. Yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit about your last email. Um, and uh, you were talking about this particular uh, dog that, um, what was, it was the Boston Terrier, I believe. Um, a Boston Terrier named Boston. Oh, yes. A Boston Terrier <laughs> named Boston. That's like my dachshund named Doc. Yes. And I knew a Bouvier named Bouvier. So, you know, it happens. Right. It does. Um, I guess you could call a German Shepherd germ, German, Mr. German. You could. Yeah, Yeah. whatever. Um, (laughs) I I wouldn't. No, no, no. It's that's a weird name for German. Anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about this, because what I found fascinating about what you said in your email was the pet parents didn't really know. And and help me if I'm talking about the same dog, the dog that came in drooling. Is this its brother? Yeah, it's the same family. Same family. Yeah. So Boston is the Boston Terrier. He was, he came in first and then Busa came in after he was the second child that came in. Yeah. And, and this was fascinating because this is a uh, sort of the symptoms that um, Busa had. I think many pet parents would um, maybe fail to see it, right? So this dog was drooling. There were some other things going on. And, and and you said, you don't know if this dog got kicked by a cow or something on the farm or what might've happened. Tell us what the symptoms were and and how he recovered from what you did. He, it was really cool. And it really did come out right after I we talked about cranial nerves and where they come out of the skull and into the cervical spine and all that. And I get this four page text from mom about what's going on with him. He had gone out and he had come back. So it was an instantaneous change in his facial expressions. So he's not a very jowly dog. So he had quite the jowls was drooling you. And I knew him, so I could see it in the photo she sent me. His eyes were drooling. Um, his facial aspect affect was just dull. It was just very interesting. And the most interesting part of it, which was most concerning, and I made a little bit of mention, is it was bilateral. Now, I wanted to ask you, when you say bilateral, does that mean it was on both sides? Both sides of the face. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then you're like, okay, is there something in the brain that is com- hitting this nerve completely, such as a space occupying lesion, a tumor? Um, and that space occupying lesion can just be inflammation. Don't ever forget that. Um, it doesn't actually have to be something that um, we call a tumor, but 
And it was just really interesting. And she took him to the vet and they like, oh, he needs a dental. He needs a dental. <laughs> he needs a dental. He right. had a dental in October. Okay, but he needs a dental. Tell tell me why they what were they seeing that they thought was no idea. Okay. They they that was their answer. I don't think they had any, they didn't have anything else to base this on. And he literally was out for the afternoon and came back like this. So that's generally not teeth. Again, drooling on one side. Okay. Maybe something did abscess in there um, quickly. I mean, stuff can progress quickly, but bilateral. eh. Um, And so they actually went ahead and did the dental and it really helped his breath and they didn't do any extractions. And, and actually she's like, I'm actually kind of glad we did it. Blah, blah, blah. It was fine. No big deal. And I'm actually glad they did it before they got him in here because then I fixed everything they did, with the intubation oh. <laughs> and everything they did during the dental. Right. Right. Um, and so it, it actually all worked out. So basically I adjusted a lot of cranial bones, the TMJ. So the temporal mandibular joint where the top jaw and the bottom jaw come together, um, I actually can go through and evaluate all the teeth. We can actually quote unquote adjust teeth. Mm. Um, and the adjustment, I mean, as an impact, the nervous system, um, by pressing on the teeth, most dogs do just fine with it. Um, the hyoid, which is a little bone close to the thyroid. It actually maneuvers the whole tongue. Oh, um, I actually adjust that bone on most everybody all the time. Cause let me, Go can, ahead. Can, can you stop the tongue from moving and stop people from talking if, if we get them in there? No, okay. afraid not. <laughs> I might make, you, you probably could put it out of adjustment and make them slur, but they're, they're not going to be quiet. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's okay. You know, but dogs do a lot with their mouths and their tongues and chewing bones and, you know, biting on their playmates at home. And so the tongue and the hyoid, I do a lot of work with upper cervicals. So your atlas and axis, which are your two cervical vertebrae right behind the skull. And that joins up with the occiput. And that's where all those cranial nerves come out. That's where all the compression could come. And I'm like, you've, cause he goes to work with dad a lot. I'm like, you've got to ask him what happened. Did he land? Did he jump out of the Jeep and land on his face? Did he like, what did this dog do? Something happened. And they're like, the best we can think of is there's new cows out on some of the property. However, that works out there in the wild west counties um and we we're like well maybe he got tapped by a cow you know kicked by a cow i they they actually have no idea um he was instantly looking better before he left my office nice um it it came back a little bit kind of like that afternoon but by 24 hours 48 hours like 80 percent of it had resolved wow and so his follow-up was a two weeks later when the whole family came in and the eyes were all cleared up, um, a little bit of jowly stuff, but no more drooling. And so we did another adjustment and I don't see why it wouldn't be back to a hundred percent. Um, I haven't talked to mom, but yeah, like who knows? I can't tell you exactly. Oh, I impacted the facial nerve at this blah, blah, blah. Um, but we put those impulses into that nervous system and we got the nervous system to do what it needs to do. So the body could heal itself. That is what is so cool about 
what you do, right? And yeah, I often wonder because you know so much about the body. You think you could ever do surgery if you were just go to school for surgery? I mean, you know so much about it. Um, no, oh, no, <laughs> no. Although when I was in chiropractic school, we did dissect human bodies. Ooh, how was that? That was an experience. Yeah, I that bet. is intense. That's intense. Yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. I, uh, I'll, uh, I'll sling dog food. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's awesome. Now do, in, in your email, you were talking about that dad was a little skeptical uh-huh. of chiropractic work. Why, why was that? Well, she was driving up from Castle Rock, um, spending more money beyond their van field Ooh. monthly. Uh-huh. Oh, no, oh, no. We can't, she, I, I I love mom. She's amazing. Like she came from Banfield and kibble fed to seeing Dr. Jasek to, you know, not vaccinating anymore to raw feeding to like, she just did all the things. Um, and dad got dragged along, which is the usual way in the household. Right. And for many months, you know, why are you going back to the voodoo doctor? Why are you going back to the voodoo doctor? And at, at one point, it was because Boston just loved it. Like that dog, he still runs into this day, hops on my stool and gets on the table. Like Aww. we're doing this. And she tells me after he, he's, she goes, he usually bites people. I'm like, oh, you, you, you could have mentioned that, but he, he, we've never had a problem. <laughs> that um, is so funny. But it wasn't until uh, Busa did a partial, probably a partial tear of his ACL, CCL. That dad's like, um, take him to Andy. What are you doing? <laughs> like he needs to go. And so he came along, he came around. And at, at that point, which is very interesting when dad's like, oh yeah, this is helping. This is contributing. We're not going to the vet very much anymore. We see Dr. Andy and we change the food. Like, you know, nice. and we don't have to spend all this money over here. And dad started to see that in the bank account. Um, and so that he liked that, right? That's when Busa's really like, okay, I like you too. If dad likes you, I like you. It was really interesting. Like he was still very reserved until kind of dad got on board. Yeah. You know, sometimes it just takes people a while and, uh, and, and, and people will say it's too expensive. Now I'm going to just debunk that and say, I've, I've looked at it and uh, it's not that it's cheap. I'm not going to say it's cheap, Dr. Andy, but if you're, here's the thing, when I talk to pet parents, they do mention sometimes, well, it's too expensive, right? Raw. Mm-hmm. And then they're spending a lot of money on crappy um, uh, supplements, right? So oh, yes. this particular dog that I was telling you about, the 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 mom, the, the dog that possibly has cancer, um. She said, look, I just can't spend any more money. And she said, but I got these supplements. I said, well, send them to me and let me look at them. And I said, yeah, I'd be taking those back. I mean, beef flavor, any kind of flavorings, Uh, all of the different things that are in there. I'm like, look, you are wasting your money on this. And quite frankly, can be perpetuating other problems in the body. Okay. The fillers can be causing a lot of issues, spiking glucose, um, causing inflammation on their own. Plus, most of them are synthetic vitamins. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And I'm like, so that's a waste of money. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I just said, hey, why don't you do the phytoplankton? Right. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you're worried about do that, I can't, I can't yeah. spend what well, you're going to spend money on nothing. Right. Of this. And it look, guys, if there's any type of flavoring in anything that you do, you want to dump that. You really want to dump that. And if there's a gazillion. Right. You need to look at the ingredients. So she was showing me the GAs. I said, Let, let's look at the ingredients. OK. Um, I just think that a lot of pet parents don't know how to decipher um, a lot of what is being marketed to them out there. Right. It looks really oh, good. Absolutely not. I think right. they don't know. And then half the time they're buying pet stuff that you can buy human stuff and spend less money. Mm -hmm. There is no difference between human MCT oil and dog MCT oil. I had a client show me one that was marketed for um, brain health, dementia in dogs. It was called keto dog MCT. I have no idea what she was spending on that. Mm -hmm. You don't need the dog one for that. You don't need the dog one for the quercetin. You don't. And, and then I think a lot of pet parents go, oh, this has quercetin. This has 10 things in it. I'm like, yeah, sometimes those 10 things, you don't know if one of those other things is going to bother your dog. Right. Stick to the singles if you can, depending on what you're, you're working with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I always think guys that working with somebody like Dr. Andy, even if that is remotely via Zoom, she can help educate you on what you want to do with your pup before you go down a more expensive route, before you go down a more toxic route, before you go down a more uh, laborious route. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because if, if, um, if your dog really doesn't need to have surgery, let's don't put them through that. Let's get them adjusted first. If your dog is bilaterally, I got that one, yeah, bilaterally drooling, and the eyes are weepy and you're drooling on both sides. You're seeing something totally different in a dog. I think a consult with Dr. Andy would be perfect first. Perfect first because you've seen so much. How many years you've been doing this? Over 20. Yeah, 20 Can years. Can you believe that? I'm not I, old enough for that. You're not. You're not. You're <laughs> really not. I'm just going to say. You're not. Really not. <laughs> and... Um, so let's get over to uh, animalmagiccare.com, animalmagiccare.com. That's where you can sign up for a consult with Dr. Andy. She can Zoom with you, uh, give you some ideas, give you some reassurance, and uh, she'll tell you, look, I don't think chiropractic is going to help, or yes, you want to find a good chiropractor and get that work done. All right. Make sure, you guys, that you get your dog on a species-appropriate diet. Let's get off of the crap. Let's get off please. of the kibble. Please. Mm -hmm. And there Pretty is no... Please. <laughs> right. There is no premium kibble. And I don't see no. any reason to mix your kibble with a, a good species-appropriate diet. And uh, Dr. Andy, I had asked you on the last podcast what you thought about feeding a dog with Parvo or who was recovering from Parvo uh, raw. And you said, why not? So I, I did get a follow up from the pet parent out in mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. And he said, you know what? I started feeding raw. She's doing great. Awesome. Right. Took her off the yes. 
Yeah. And uh, I said, well, I got the, it was funny. I got the exact same response from you, Dr. Jasek and Neely. You, <laughs> everybody paused and was like, yeah, why are you asking me that question? <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, there, there, there really isn't a situation that you wouldn't feed raw. I get it. If you're at end stages, the dog is um, not hungry. And, you know, at that point, we're just going to give them whatever they want. Right. Whatever, whatever they want. And but that's dictated by the dog, not the veterinarian. Right, right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hmm. All right, everybody, get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you next week, Dr. Andy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.